Darius Snow, unfortunately, out for the whole season. Xavier Henderson out until God knows what, how long. But still a lot of good stuff to talk about from Friday and Monday's press conference with Mel Tucker. And we do it all with Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. Let's get to it. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You guys are the absolute positively the best people that I know. Of course, I'm talking about the watchers and listeners of Locked On Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Yes, right next to me, as we will every week this season, we got the wonderful Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports to talk about all things that have happened in the last three days here in East Lansing. But before that, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube channel. Comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Do whatever makes you happy because in the end, that's what I care about, your happiness. Uh, Steven, we got a lot to talk about, man. But before we get to any of that, how are you doing? No one ever asks how Steven Brooks is doing. How are you doing, man? You doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing great. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody cares about how I'm doing when they turn on this yeah. podcast right now. That they, they, they want other. They, they've got some things on their mind, I think. But uh, I am doing good, as we talked about. Uh, Saturday was awesome. I was. I hardly moved a muscle from noon to past midnight when I was watching Michael Penix and those guys out in yep. Washington. Uh, so I'll probably only get like one more college football game day like that during MSU's bye week. So uh, absolutely maximized it. Had a blast. Amen. And we got a ton to get to today. Honestly, I feel like we can make this a four and a half hour show, but I, <laughs> I somewhat respect your time. So we're going to limit it to about a half hour ish. Right. A lot of good stuff to talk about. Let's start off with the only thing that's not good though. And it's the biggest story from Friday night's game, the story of the weekend. And if you're listening on Monday, you already know the news by now. Darius Snow starting linebacker is out for the season announced by Mel Tucker at the press conference. Doesn't know the extent of the injury, but he said point blank out for the season. Safety Xavier Henderson. Mel Tucker said he's a little sore and was a little waffling on the, is he going to have surgery? Is he not? So we'll get to him a little bit, but let's start with Darius Snow right now. Your instant reaction to his injury and him being out for the season. I know it's a really broad question to start with, but what goes through your head as you say, or, or see MSU starting linebacker gone for the whole year? Yeah, I, I can't help but go right to the human element, man. I mean, I just feel yeah. bad for the kid. You know, right. so we were over there all August and honest, honestly saw a lot of people, uh, you know, not all of them were reported and, you know, for reasons, but a lot of people in red jerseys, a lot of people in no jerseys, no pads. Okay. You know, they, there was a, um, yeah, there, there was quite a few people nicked up during camp. I don't think Snow was ever in that group once, you know, so had a, was very fortunate, I believe as far as I know, to stay healthy all throughout camp, which seemed to be very physical, very taxing on a lot of guys. He yeah. made it through, you know, sort of the, the heat there at a new position, you know, grinded his tail off to at this new position, um, put himself in a position to be a day one starter and then doesn't even make it a half. And now he's, he's out, you know, so you just feel awful for the kid. He is probably honestly the smartest player I've covered at this level. Um, you know, not just knowing what he's doing and can explain it to a T, but the entire defense and what the offense is trying to do to him. I mean, there's a lot of smart kids out there and I've covered a lot of them yeah. in State and, and elsewhere, but he's got to be, he's on the short list of the smartest. I mean, that kid knows football. He knows what he's talking about. 
And so you lose that, of course. I think he's a, a good leader for him. He's just a good football player, of course. You know, we, we'll talk about on the field. But, yeah, I just I, – I, I do feel bad for the kid. And, you know, we don't root for players and this and that and in my position and all that. But it just – it does uh, – it definitely sucks to see something like that. I know that he worked really hard to get in position to be where he was. And, you know, maybe it wasn't the easiest road. Maybe he didn't necessarily see himself in that position. Yeah. Uh, but I think I thought he was going to do a lot of good things this year, and, and I still do in the future. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, his recovery is as smooth as possible. But definitely sort of an emotional letdown, I think, for the guys to see somebody like that go down. And then on the field, you know, maybe as much as I say that, you know, maybe not the biggest loss just because it is one of the deepest positions. Right. You know, even within that depth, you don't have another Darius Snow. And I understand that he was kind of a unique one within that, that depth that we've all been praising all year. But – I, I do think you can get by, you know, with an Aaron Brule taking on more snaps, with Cal Halliday just playing more snaps. We know he can hold up in there. Uh, ben Van Sumeren, I think, was one of the standouts of Friday's game. You got to feel good about where he's at and what he's bringing to that position. Uh, didn't even see Ma now Tayote, but he's an option there. So, sure. and then of course, everyone's favorite Jacoby Winman. He can also play linebacker. You might have heard. So, yeah, there's, right. <laughs> there's enough people there to get them by, I think. And so, in terms of personnel, I think Xavier Henderson is actually a much more bigger. Uh, a much bigger loss, you know, short term or, or long term, however, the, however that goes uh, in terms of missing him on the field. But um, both of them and it's X is a lot of the same things I just said about snow apply to X in terms of very, very smart. And X is a, a tremendous communicator. Like he is he's the table center back there. He gets everybody mm-hmm. lined up. He makes you know everybody's making calls, but like it's his voice that people are really listening for. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I think in terms of Football-wise, on the field, how do we get past this if you're Michigan State? He's a bigger loss, but uh, you can't discount the loss of Snow either. I mean, he was going to be a big, big big-time player for them this year, I think. Yeah, and, like, both guys are fan favorites, obviously, amongst the fan base, but not just that, but seemingly amongst his own team, too. Like, Henderson, Mm -hmm. captain every game last year, he's the heartbeat of that defense. Or, okay, maybe Henderson isn't the heartbeat of the defense. Okay, well, it was Snow. Like, it was either (laughs) one of those two guys right there, so – that's that's the unfortunate part, obviously. And you just brought it up to with Snow, the position group he's in with linebacker. Silver lining is, is the worst term to put on it. So I the way I'm gonna put it is like I'm in the bargaining stage of grief right now. And I have bargained sure. to the point where it's like the, the linebacker room is still pretty talented. Of course, you never want to lose a starter. You don't want to lose any depth, all that good stuff. But who do you think takes over? For snow, is it a definitive? Oh, it's definitely going to be Aaron Brule. Is it going to be a, a little campaign action with Halliday Brule? Like, how do you dissect who steps up for Darius Snow moving forward? I would think right now that Cal slips into the starting spot because I think he definitely yeah. definitely played the second most snaps, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the other night. So I think initially it'll be uh, Cal Halliday and Ben Van Sumeren, but I, I do expect a lot of Aaron Brule in there. And Brule impressed me. I want to see more of him. You know, I wouldn't be, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to him starting out there. I'm just thinking, what, saying what I think probably will happen initially. But I, I need to see a lot more of that guy because that spin move that he had off the edge was one of Dirty. the, you know, yeah, one of the handful of plays of the night. Yeah. Um, There's a time that you know, a couple of times, uh, one or two, maybe, maybe three. Uh, they sent Brule and Winman together off the edge, and that was uh, that was a scary sight. And there was three, four, five times they had Aaron Brule out in man, out on the perimeter, like past right. the hash marks, manned up on wide receivers, not tight ends or, or backs, but out. He was out there playing man coverage on a wide receiver in space. And they were comfortable enough to do that, you know, two, three, four times that I can remember. Um, I got to go do my full rewatch probably right after this. Actually, I got to make some other calls and everything. But I'm going to do that. 
And that's going to be something I'm noting that they put him out there on an island. He was lined up basically like a corner, folks. Go back and look at it a couple of yeah. times. That says a lot. And, and he flashed in the spring game. That's really uh, when I thought about Aaron Brule coming out of spring or the open practice. It was it was his quickness in those zone drops and the fluidity and just how how much better he looked at that second level covering passes than they looked a year ago. So there's a whole lot about Aaron Brule I want to see a lot more of. I do think initially probably Cal gets that first look, but it's mm-hmm. going to be by committee, just much like it was when Snow was he- like even when Snow was healthy, they were going to rotate in there almost like D line type of reps, um, just because they have the guys and, and each of them sure. brings a little bit something different to the table. So I don't think uh, it'll look drastically different, but. Uh, I am very curious about what Aaron Brule can do uh, as we move forward here. That was a big part of my bargaining stage too, is that, hey, Brule is like a solid, if not pretty great cover guy <laughs> as a linebacker yeah. too, especially. So that that helps a little bit come to terms with what's going on at the linebacker situation, but kind of a different-ish story with safety. Xavier Henderson goes out. Yes, Kendall Brooks did step up as well. Uh, Mangum also got a few snaps at safety as well. Kendall Brooks is probably the guy to, to step up, right? Or do you think Mangum showed enough to not just get fans excited, but maybe even the coaching staff saying, you know what? Hey, true freshman, now's your time to shine, baby. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect him to start step right in there as the starter for X. I do think it'll be Kendall Brooks. Um, and Mangum has more has practiced more as the free. You know, he, he's he's traditionally okay. more of a Gross's backup. Not that he can't do it. Obviously, he literally just did the other day. Sure. But uh, Kendall Brooks has more of those reps and more of that um, seasoning at that specific position. Uh, another name Mel Tucker mentioned today that I hadn't really considered is uh, Justin White. You know, he said they've, okay. they've had him in their back pocket as an emergency safety guy, gotten some reps here and there. He's mostly been playing at nickel, but I do think that uh, this week for sure he's, he's going to be getting some more true safety reps just in case. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's not just in case. Maybe he, he through the week shows that he is the guy or the number two guy. Maybe Mangum's just not quite ready yet. Um, for live action. And the problem there is, of course, none of those guys really have much experience. Okay. Kendall Brooks played, played a little bit at D2 uh, North Greenville or wherever the heck he came from. Mangum's yeah. never played before. Uh, Justin White's played a little bit here and there and also came from a lower level. But realistically, we're not talking about much functional experience at all in that two deep. So that's a concern. Uh, and, you you know, Akron looks uh, – you know, objectively awful last week. Uh, just there's no other way to put it. But not good. But Joe Moorhead in that system, you know, w- with all the RPOs they run and just all the creative ways that they can stress a defense, like that's a, that's going to be a team. Uh, they're not that talented. They're not that well put together yet. But just schematically, they're going to put some pressure. I think on Michigan State safeties to make decisions, make reads, uh, be reliable in the run game to fill those alleys and everything. So. I don't don't get me wrong, folks. I don't expect Michigan State to struggle here, but I, I do think there could be some maybe some some stressful moments for for some young safeties in there. So that's a that's something to watch for sure. And look, I mean, you don't get experience till you get experience, and these guys are going to get some yeah. experience, and we'll see where they go. I'm not saying that they're bad players. I'm just saying that that they haven't proven anything at this level, and so now's the time to see it. I mean, Kendall Brooks has the egregious late hit, and then makes up for it with just a textbook freaking tackle and pops the ball loose. I mean, that was. That was coaching clinic video quality stuff right there. So, yeah, it was. Uh, and that's kind of what he's known for as being a hitter. So maybe he can bring a you know his own little element to it and everything. So uh, definitely a position to watch there. More bigger concern uh, near term and long term, I think, with that one. And just to, to, to your point at the very top, if folks uh, are still getting into in season mode, maybe forgot a little bit. Sore is Mel Tucker's uh, code word for they're injured. And yeah. that means, you know, I, I tip my cap, honestly, to Mel today for telling us about Darius and that he's just off the board. And we really appreciate that. And it's just it's just better to have that out of the way. Um, 
With X, he obviously did not do that. He said he's sore. He'll be ready when he's ready. That's the that's the um, the canned answer whenever somebody's hurt. So I don't. I definitely don't expect to see him Saturday. Probably not for many Saturdays. But okay. the, the 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 takeaway there is that he's not necessarily gone for the year. Gotcha. Well, that okay lends some ray of sunshine, I guess we'll call it. Maybe that he could come back this year. Now, how long down the road that is at? We might never know until we actually see him on the field. But, yeah, no, the, the Kendall Brooks uh, late hit and then awesome play not long after. I call that the Chuck Brantley. Uh, so it's where you have an egregious late hit or a targeting or what should have been a targeting followed with an incredible play later on or be the next game because you're suspended for the rest of that one. Later that game, was just a late hit. So, yeah. The Chuck Brantley Can I suggest right the defense of Connor Cook maybe? Get some legs on that one. Yeah, well, how about defensive kind of Hey, no, I like that one. Anyway, yeah. slice it. I'll take that one, too. That's great. I love that. Oh, man. Okay, we got to talk to you, but, Steven, I just got to say goodbye to you for a hot second because, folks, we got a new one. You have not heard me talk about this yet, but we will all fall because, hey, fun. Well, watching college football, some NFL, if you will. When golf comes back, yeah, that's right, under – is going to have you covered. I will be about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your season. It's Underdog Fantasy. And their pick em game for college football. Just look at your favorite Spartans. Look at their stats. Pick whether you think they'll end up with high or lower than that number in this week's game. And you could win up to times your money in a single night. 20 times your cash in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps it is tremendously easy to use go find out for yourself just pick you and five players for your pick them slip all your picks right bada boom bada bing you will take home some cold hard cash it's simple to get started head to underdogfantasy.com or download awesome app sign up with promo code locked on that's two words locked and then on and underdog will double your first deposit up to hundred dollars that's right Deposit $1 for free. That's Undog Fantasy promo code locked on. Go yourself some money. Let's go. Let's go. And as we welcome back the wonderful Stephen Brooks of 24 7 Sports, I just want to thank you all for making Lockdown Spartans your every single Lockdown Podcast Network. Stephen, let's talk about some happy things uh, right now. Jacob of the Week in the Big Ten. He also won the Walter Camp Defensive Year of the Week nationally and stuff like that that uh look it's easy to say that obviously he was the best player on the field but specifically really wowed you the most up from your cushy little press box Stephen. that's right oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's so luxurious up there uh, as you know uh from years gone by um, oh yeah <laughs> no i mean just the the i mean look he's done that before obviously you know he spent his first two years at unlv as a defensive man but just the the smoothness that he translated back to it with. I mean, of course, he's been doing it in practice uh, uh, some, you know, and I, I think they, they definitely ratcheted that up as camp went along. I don't know the exact point where he sort of made the full swap and, and it was more more defensive end than linebacker and not just a little bit of both or whatever. Um, but I started here in about a week before the game. I was that, you know, look, not only is women going to play there, but he might be our best defensive end. You know, that is what I was uh, hearing. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. That's notable. And then so I wasn't surprised at all to see him play in that spot, but to play it the whole game and play it as well as he did, my gosh. And just the 
you know, I was one of, I, I don't think I was alone, but I was saying BT Jordan, as great as he is, you're going to see it years from now, probably, you know, uh, in the recruiting, but also just, you know, the reps, the muscle memory and all that. We saw it right away. You know, right. whether, whether it was women, of course, you know, was doing some stuff that's just high level advanced technique stuff with his hands and his, you know, dip and rip type of stuff or everybody else though. I mean, you saw Petrowski out there with the hand combat type of stuff and all, all these other dudes just, it looked different. Um, and so that was impressive to see. And just women did the consistency, you know, he was basically living in their backfield and uh, Bogle sack, you could almost give to women, you know, cause he kind of set that up and, and let Bogle slide right off and make the play. You know, there's the football coaches say all the time, there's, you can, uh, just because you make the tackle, you know, everyone's going to call your name and you'll be on the stat sheet, but there are people who make the plays by, you know, taking on the blocker or spilling something outside or whatever it might be. Uh, women made the play there. Uh, Bogle made the tackle. And so he gets the stat, he gets the sack and everything and everyone's happy. But, uh, Bo- and, and I should say Bogle looked really good. I thought, especially that first half, um, I wasn't expecting him to look that good you know, to be, just to be quite honest, because this is a new deal for him. I know people see he comes from Florida. He's got good size and this and that, but, being a, a four four man front defensive end and, and asking and doing what he's being asked to do here is new to him. He did not do that at Florida. So just because of his pedigree did not make that a hand in glove thing. Like, Oh, he's just going to come here and take off. Like, no, he's learning this, a lot of these things for the first time, um, you know, as a, as an older college guy. So I, I thought that was promising to see though, is, is him as well. So yeah, women, just the consistency of it. I mean, it was the first quarter. It was the fourth quarter. Yeah. It was relentless. I guess you could say. Hey, now look at that. Mel Tucker buzzword. I like that. He, he's he's going to send you a check in the mail uh, after dropping that one right there. Um, yeah, I could use it. So, it it's, hey, now, <laughs> it, it's, it's easy to point out the MVP, obviously, right? Jacoby Winman, probably the unanimous choice. I don't know anyone that's going to pick against him for MVP, but debate to be had over the second best player uh, on Friday. Who, who falls in second place? Not just on defense, but maybe if there's an offensive player that really wowed you as well. Or is it going to be as easy as what your colleague Corey Robinson said? Ben Van Sumer and the guy who Ooh. led the team in tackles, or is it someone else? Cause there's a Ooh. lot of debate to be had about a lot of guys here for second MVP. It is. It is. I mean, let's just go through. I mean, I think Jalen Berger probably rises to the top of my mind. Uh, Love what I saw he, was, yeah. he, yeah, he was really, really impressive. I thought, I mean, I, yeah. I don't remember him being that uh, electric at Wisconsin. You know, I, I remember yeah. more of sort of a stiff straight line type of guy with some, with some power to him. He was, he was juking and jitting all over there, man. I mean, I, I liked what I saw from him. Um, yep. Ben Van Sumeren got to be on that short list for sure. I mean, my gosh, what did this dude do in the offseason? Because he did not look like that last year physically. Oh, I mean, right. yeah, he came in, you know, pumped up and, and was really, real sort of boxy and, and you know, and, and just looked like a looked like he would have competed, you know, with Max Buller for the job, you know, in 2013, 2012, sure. 2011. That's what he looked like. Friday night, he looked like a linebacker from 2022. I mean, he right. was out there sideline to sideline, uh, making plays in space, breaking down, getting ball carriers in space. I mean, this the quickness and the elusiveness that he was showing was really impressive. And that's not that's not at all what we saw from him last year. He just moved different. I mean, that was hats off to him. And, and when you go back and look at it, he was winning a lot of those belts and those competitions that they were doing in the weight room that they put on social media. You know, the, yeah. on Friday they have like their champion of this, champion of that. I mean, he was he was racking them up. So I guess we really shouldn't have been surprised. Uh, I was hearing good things about him wire to wire in camp, even going back to spring ball a little bit. And uh, man, he, he had a great night. And uh, I got to mention Keon Coleman. I thought he played pretty good too. And uh, folks might know that I'm, I'm fairly high on him this season. Oh, 
How can he not be? How can he not be? Any anytime he's in single coverage, like we've all seen the meme last year, it was uh, you know the picture of of Peyton Thorne. It's like oh f it, uh, Reed down there somewhere, and then he just slings the ball and re- I, like look. Obviously, Jaden Reed's still an awesome player. He's going to be a great player, but anytime Coleman is in single coverage, sling that ball anywhere around him. Like that is going to be a, a play that works more times than it doesn't. And we saw it work twice. Credit, on credit to our friend Colton Pouncey on that one. And uh, yeah. I, I heard. Uh, I heard that training camp was a lot of that, uh, you know, a, okay. a lot of epic Keons down there somewhere. And oh, sure enough, there he is making a play. I, I, there was a lot of that going on in August, from what I understand. Now, okay, so we, we talked about Van Sumer. He was a surprise starter, right? For like, at least, at least to me, he was a surprise starter. I know, just like what you said, you heard a lot about how he was doing in spring ball and the off season. But I also started to think about. We also just heard about Davion Prim, and now he's not even on offense anymore. So is this more coach speak? the evidence says that no that wasn't just coach speak that was the cold hard truth but also Brandon Baldwin gets a start as well Chuck Brantley gets a start at cornerback as well so let's talk about the guys that Brandon Baldwin and Chuck Brantley started over which is Jarrett Horst of course and then Ronald Williams was that just a straight up position battle win are they one of the people that were wearing the red jerseys and could be some injury issues there or how do you dissect the whole Brandon Baldwin starting over Jared Horse and also Chuck Brantley starting over Ronald Williams. I'll start with Chuck. I think Chuck was more just won the job. Um, okay. Now, Ronald was in uh, red a little bit during camp in and out, um, you know, when we were over there and I never, but he was never like fully out. I don't, that I can recall, like sideline gotcha. jogging to himself or anything. He wasn't that. He was just like red jersey for a little bit or um, things like, you know, so I know he wasn't a hundred percent all the way in August. I don't know the extent of it, but uh, from what I know, that that Chuck just won that spot uh, for that for that week. So we'll see if he can hold on to it. I thought he played pretty well. I know they threw at him a lot, but you're probably going to throw at the you know five ten, hundred fifty pound guy more than the six three, you know two hundred <laughs> pound guy on the other side. Uh, just just naturally, but that's yeah. I think he just won that one. Uh, we saw Ronald out there. He did play. I think like one series though, and then special teams. So that's just something to watch. I think there will be competition there. Um, I don't think it's head and shoulders or anything like that. I think they'll continue to compete. Uh, with left tackle, I don't think uh, Horse was a th- was 100% um, you know able to give them 100% necessarily. So it just sort of made sense. And and you saw him get in there later, and, and he he gave what he could and all that. But uh, just something, another one I guess to watch um, for sure. Because I think at his best, at his healthiest, he is their best tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do I, I want to give Brandon Baldwin his props though. I mean he was he was much better than I thought he would when I saw. Yep. And I, you know, I heard a little bit about this. Uh, when I saw him go out there for the first snap, I was like, "Oh man, this could be a, this could be uncomfortable here." You know, if if this doesn't all come together, and you really didn't see him, you know, the spotlight didn't go on him, which, as we all know, is a good thing. Like, we, it was never like, "Oh my gosh, he's getting whipped over there." Right. He just he just blew that huge play on third and long or whatever. You know, it was nothing like that. He he held up pretty good. Um, he's gonna be another guy I watched really really close on my rewatch, but. Uh, I thought for a first start, uh, first game action at this level, that that dude played pretty admirably. I thought Brian Green came off the bench and actually looked pretty good. And, you know, he's a little bit smaller than some of their starting guards and, and even, even some of their backup guards. But, man, he yeah. plays hard. He plays low. Uh, he, you can tell he's strong. Um, he gets good push in there. So I, I think he's going to be an asset. Uh, as a collective, I'm still, you know, very, very much wait and see with the offensive line as a whole. Yeah, I, we still got to see. I got to see him do it against, you know, a, a power five team and, and um, what not a better front than they're going to see there. But all in all, some promising things, you know, I think Brandon Baldwin just finishing up on him. He probably doesn't look that good if he's not just, you know, getting the fire hose worth of reps back in spring ball. 
when they only had like three and a half guys healthy or whatever it was. Nice. Uh, it was like seven or eight, honestly. But uh, he was out there nonstop, you know, and got all the reps he could handle against some good players, you know, on that D line. And uh, I think you're seeing that come to fruition. And that's kind of, you know, that it was spin and it was silver lining at the time, but it, it did come true now, like where you've, you've right. really kind of did um, move forward his development on the timeline. You know, he's, he may be, uh, he's going to be much sooner uh, functional for game ready type of stuff than, than it would have seemed, uh, you know, at the start of spring ball. So we'll have to continue to watch and monitor it there, I think. But um, mm-hmm. at least in week one, I think Baldwin did a good job. Um, and, and there's a lot to build on there. And, and when, when, if or when Horst is able to get back in there at his best, you know, then uh, that's obviously better for them. Because we've talked many, many times about how there's no depth at tackle. Start right. to work on a little depth at tackle. That was nice, too. And, yeah, obviously you want to see a larger sample size. And, yes, it was against Western Michigan. But also at the same time, like, that's a Western Michigan team that returned both of their edge guys from last year on a pretty good defense, too. I think a lot of people don't understand, like, Western has one of the best defenses in the MAC, if not maybe the best coming up. And yeah. that's why after the game Friday, like, I was I was fine. I was like, that, that was a good game. You covered the spread. You did everything you are supposed to do on defense. You – Offense was hit and miss a little bit, but overall, took a lot of positives away from it. But I'm just one idiot with a microphone, Stephen. Mel Tucker, the head coach that's making $95 million to coach at Michigan State over the next 10 years, at the press conference today on Monday said, quote, our play was unacceptable. So, <laughs> break the tie here for us, Stephen. D- did you think that Friday's game was a fine performance, or... Is there a reason to believe that Mel Tucker is saying that it was unacceptable the way they play on Friday? I can't help but to laugh at unacceptable. That seems yeah. a little harsh. It's not like they lost by 40 points. But anyway, I, I digress. He's he's the coach. He's the man in charge. He's got to say that sort of stuff. Right, right. And this is the guy that said that 11-2 and two was nothing last year. And the Peach Bowl is right, you know, exactly. said it in Big Ten Media Day. We did nothing last year. So that yeah. tells you where he's coming from, though, and where his standards yeah. are. And, and probably says something about what he thinks this team could be. I mean, you kind of got to – you know, uh, put, you know, look through the magnifying glass sometime to really see where Tucker's head's at. And I think that that does say something about what he thinks this team could be. Um, or maybe he's just trying to drag more out of them. You know, uh, look, I don't think anybody was happy to see it being a one possession game in the second half. Um, it did get a little tight there, but then again, on the other side, you saw some of that resilience that, you know, honestly characterized last year's team as, as, as much as I'm sick of hearing keep chopping uh, already, like, <laughs> That was a tenet of last year's team, and that showed up a little bit again this week, uh, this year already. You know, when it, when it got to one possession, it got tight. The offense had slowed down a little bit. They figured some things out. Uh, Berger busts out of there and, and runs off a, a 50-yard or whatever, and and then they're all good again. So I don't think it was um, – it wasn't awful and, you know, disgusting and, and abysmal and all in all. It could have been better, yeah, because they – as everybody said, they all left some plays out there. Um mm-hmm. The offensive line, the defense, the receivers, you know, Peyton Thorne, probably number one. You know, he was not as sharp as, as anybody, I think, would have hoped in game one, uh, throwing 50% of his balls, you know, at Western. So, in, in fairness, they were coming after him pretty hard and um, sending a lot of pressure his way. And I think that tells you a lot about probably what other teams think of their offensive line. You know, I can say it as much as I can. I'm sure people are sick of me here, uh, sick of hearing it from me or, other media or whatever, but uh, the way Western was was just uh, throwing bodies and blitzers at them, I think probably shows you that they thought they could uh, spring a leak there. So uh, they held up though; they did what they needed to do. Peyton Thorne, you know, as inconsistent as he was, connected on some huge plays. So uh, and we saw some of those receivers just you know, pass catchers. I'm going to say uh, show off their natural talent. I mean, Daniel Barker, that was just 
almost just too smooth. I'm just like, my gosh, man, you don't have to do it like that. Oh my, it's just like save a little bit, save a little juice. Come on, it was that was, that was a really just really impressive yeah. catch. Keon goes up there and just you know does the astronaut thing and outbodies him. Uh, and then Jeremy Bernard just catch and whoop, he's gone. Um, you see what the hype's about with him too. So the pass catchers remain very very attractive and, and the strongest part I think of this offense. And uh, that's going to be something to watch moving forward. I think they're going to have a lot of opportunities this week because uh, Akron uh, uh, needs some work. We'll say. I want to get to that game here in a hot second, but there's just one other takeaway I had from the press conference today. And he actually talked about the players cramping on the field and said that I think it was something on the lines of, I can't think of a single reason why we should be cramping on a fall Friday night in East Lansing. Um, Steven, is Michigan State going to be the most hydrated team in the nation coming up this Saturday? Are, are they going to just be you know, peeing clear the entire week uh, from right now? Until Saturday, I know it's a big. That might be the biggest storyline coming up in this weekend's game. That's how bad Akron is. Uh, that he said, yeah. You, I was saying, uh, that much if you want to it. No, implement the Miami playbook. You know, break the glass and bring that one back yeah. out of the case and run that back. Yeah. Uh, and then all keep chopping references are now keep chugging this week. Actually, hey, all, hey. new signage all up in the building. Yeah. I, I need a tailgating shirt that says that. That is that's what we need right there. We're, hold on, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some calls. That's We're gonna see if we can get that. It was a nice little locked on Spartans patch on the sleeve right there. Um, no, look, a- a- Akron struggled against FCS opponent St. Francis. They were 18 point favorites, and it took overtime for them to beat them. And this isn't even an FCS team that's like good, you know, like North Dakota State or anything like like. No, no, no. St. Francis isn't even good for FCS standards, and they still really struggled with them. So. Is there any takeaways we could have from this weekend? I, this is just a live scrimmage, right? I, I, unless, because even if, okay, Thorne does really well, you know, he bounces back. I, okay, like, kind of supposed to do that against the Zips. Or is that it? Is that just like if anything negative happens, then we could start panicking? How? I guess I don't really know what I'm asking. What, what are you looking for in this Akron game? Because yeah. no, I, I know you're right. in high school, I think. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's not good. I think the only thing that you could take away from this game you know, that you'll be able to take away is like if it's like just glaringly egregiously bad, you know, somehow. Sure. I mean, if it's 14-14 at halftime, like that's that's not good. Um, but I don't expect <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, yeah, it would have to be like just so obviously bad, or if something's going wrong, you go whoa. You know, other than that, they're probably gonna route. Uh, they're probably gonna route them. Everyone's probably gonna look good. They're probably gonna play a lot of players. And it should just be all all thumbs up and, and smiles this weekend, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the one thing is, you know, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Joe Moorhead is a really, really good offensive coach. Uh, they will, I think, at times maybe. I mean, we're not talking bust for big plays, but bust for, for first downs maybe because they can put you in a bind, okay. you know, especially yeah. if you've got some inexperienced safeties. And uh, in, in it's, it's, it's two things. It's the RPOs that make you put you in conflict, make you make a decision and make you make the right one, um, make you make plays in space. But it's also tempo uh, is one thing that they, they they will go very, very fast. And so, you know, that can create mistakes on the defensive end when you're thinking and you're having to think very, very fast. And, and they're just they're snapping the ball, snapping the ball, snapping the ball. You know, maybe they could break off a, a decent little run uh, possession here. You know, maybe they get some, uh, you know, a, a score or two or whatever. But uh, that's where I think the trouble would be, you know, trouble with quotes, you know, was with the tempo and the RPOs, maybe just uh, they get a break here or two and, and spring something, but uh, all in all for 60 minutes, they're not even going to be remotely close. 
Right, like even if the score is fifty six to ten, you know, I don't know if I'm going to walk away being like, "Oh, we have the best running game in the nation." Like, I, I, it's just what you're supposed to do, you know? Like, right. they're, they're both it's MAC teams, but Western I think would beat Akron by three touchdowns easily, you know. And in, in Michigan State, obviously, so yeah, they're, they're, these are not the same thing. <laughs> no, the, the, I, honestly, and that's just supposed to how great of a test Washington's going to be the week after. Like that, that is going to be the litmus test to see what we can really think about this team moving forward. Obviously, hey, look, look a lot to you know think about highly of with this team, but I just don't know if Saturday is going to be even somewhat of a test to uh, really indicate what the season's going to vote for us. Unless again, like two more guys go down with an injury. Like that's the obvious one though. So uh, mm-hmm. other than that, uh, could, should, could, should, should be a laugher. Knock on wood there. I don't want to jinx anything to oblivion. So yeah. there you have it. Well, Steven, what, like what an eventful, what an eventful start to week two we have here. I knew we had stuff to talk about after the first game, obviously. Well, yeah. smokes. This, this was a lot, man. And hey, can't thank you enough for hopping on the show here. Lending you some of your time, your insight, your knowledge, your handsome looks, all the above. I'm locked on Spartans. You're the best, Steven. You're the man. Do you, do you know you're the man? I hope you know you're the man, Steven. No, no, I'm not. Oh, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not. But I appreciate the opportunity to, to step on here for you with a couple minutes each week and uh, hopefully spill out a semi-coherent thought here or there and, uh, hey. you know, make people's uh, listen worth it. So appreciate you, man. I'll see you next week, right? Uh, I'm afraid so. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Chicago. So if I don't survive Chicago somehow, um, then maybe not. But I, I plan I plan on it. I plan on surviving it. So tentatively, we'll see you next week. Yeah, p- pencil me in. Don't sharpen me in. Pencil me in for next week because if I'm not here, then I'm just going to flip you the password and uh, everything, how to upload the show and whatnot. And, uh, the, oh, boom. This, this thing is Folks, yours you should now, hear so. what the host gets paid. Uh, the guest gets a decent little, you know, something. But uh, you should hear what the yeah. host makes. I can't wait to say that <laughs> company car every month we get to choose our make model and the trunk oh, is always filled man. with built bars it's great it's it's awesome <laughs> you, you cannot beat the perks here at the man. lockdown podcast network all right you guys are also the best thank you so much for making us your first watch or first listen every single day we'll be back tomorrow we have the one and only who greg jones on msu athletics hall of fame weekend let's talk about his career what this weekend's going to be like for him and until then hey you guys are the best stay awesome love you all go green Woo.